You know, last week we dealt with the subject of evangelism and looked at God's providence for those that would be given themselves over to this work that we have. It is a labor of love that we have to take the good news of the gospel message and share it with others. You ever look at it that way? That's a wonderful thing. That's an absolute blessing for us to take the message of life, eternal life, and share it with someone who does not have that. I was reminded last week that, that maybe some might have gotten the impression that if you weren't opening your mouth and just speaking these very words, that somehow you have no part, no place, and no honor, no glory, if you will, in the work of our Lord. As far as evangelism concerned. And so what I'm wanting to do this morning is to focus in, particularly as we look here at this reading in Romans chapter 12, and see how it applies to the efforts of the body of Christ in evangelism. Now, before we look at that, I want you to just take a minute to re-look at this text in Romans 12. Because we use it oftentimes, right? Verses 1 and 2 especially. We talk about being living sacrifices and not being... Uh, conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so we talk about having this new mind. Well, do you know what the context of Romans 12 has, has to do with what we're talking about this morning? Because I'm actually using a broader usage of Romans 12 than what was given here. But sometimes it's good for us to be reminded of what was really being said. You see, you have Jews and you have Gentiles they often didn't like each other. And you have the Jews that says, look at us. We are the, the real ones that had a covenant relationship with God. And so you, Jew, you Gentiles, you're grafted in. On the other hand, these Gentiles might think, well, we are grafted in because of your unbelief. So, you know, who's really acceptable by God? And of course, Paul is saying, you're both acceptable to God. You Gentiles had your access to God through the history of your forefathers who were Jews. Now, from a physical lineage standpoint, that's not true. But by faith in Abraham, it was that these Jews were their forefathers by faith. And he's letting them know that you are now one in Christ and we're under this new covenant. So from chapter 7 all the way through this point, he's making it known we're under this new covenant, but we are one. And so in chapter 12... He goes with this thought of this oneness. And that is why he says in verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me, everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, whether you're Jews or whether you're Gentiles, don't think more highly. He made that very clear in chapter 11. But instead, here's how you think. Think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So in dealing with this measure of faith, he goes on to explain what the body should be like and how it should function. And he says in verse 4 then, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy... Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry. Let us use it in ministering 
and he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, and he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So last week when I was talking about evangelism and looking at those things that we would be uh, responsible for in, in sharing the gospel to the world, I thought, well, isn't it a great thing to think that every one of us would go out and spread the word? So how many do we have here right now? Somewhere around 150, right? Imagine if we just spoke to one person today versus one person speaking to 150. Kind of unlikely. Imagine the possibilities for everyone to go out. And so wouldn't it be a wonderful thing that, that the whole church would have this overwhelming conviction that everyone would go and spread God's word. But the thing is, when you deal with the body of believers, do we not all have differing talents and differing strengths and differing, differing likes? <laughs> differing convictions about the things that we do? Sure. Isn't it the very difference that took two men who love God with all their hearts? A man by the name of Barnabas and a man by the name of Paul who had a young man who had gone previously with them and one said, let's bring him back again. Take him on the trip with us. And the other says, uh-uh. He deserted us the last time. It's the last thing we need. We're, we're here for the Lord's business. Could they not take their own interests and still give glory to God? That's exactly what happened, right? So Paul takes Timothy with him. Barnabas takes John Mark with him. And guess what? Both of them go and fulfill the Lord's will. They didn't do it the same exact way. And nor were they same explicitly and real technically about all that they were doing. You know, Paul was an evangelist called specifically to Gentiles. Was Barnabas? Now, he was known more for encouragement. That's what we see in them. Two different individuals, both in the body of Christ and both giving glory to God in the ways that they live. And so, while it's nice to think that we would all be involved in evangelizing, opening our mouths and sharing God's Word, the reality is we're a diverse body. Not everyone has that quote-unquote calling or has that passion or even has the talent to be involved specifically in opening your mouth and spreading the good news. But I believe from the bottom of my heart we can all participate in evangelism. That's the point I wanted to get across. And so this morning, with what time we have, we're going to look at ways in which we can all be involved in evangelism. I want you to know right now if you think, well, but I don't, I don't know what to say and I don't know how to say it and so on and so forth. But I want to. This is for you. Or, I don't know if that's just me. But you know what I can do? I can do this. Well, then this lesson's for you too. <laughs> and I want you to stop and think, wherever you're at, whatever area of life that you're in right now, you can participate in the work here at Franklin in evangelizing the gospel. And we'll look at some very specific and practical ways that we can use these differing gifts and make ourselves useful in the kingdom of God and for the kingdom of God. So I hope this lesson encourages you from that standpoint. Now, first of all, then, if we look at these diverse gifts, I want us to go back through this list and see that while this list is dealing with the body of Christ in and among themselves, that this 
use of the gifts can help us in evangelizing. Go back through that list again in verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let's use them. Now, we don't think of prophecy today in the same way that would be technically used in the first century scripture. But, you know, prophecy in one sense is no more than just revealing God's will. And there is a very liberal and general sense in which today, when you open your mouth and you reveal the word of God, you are likened unto a, a prophet. Kind of like Matthew chapter 7. When people come in like wolves in sheep's clothing, and they teach false teachings, they're regarded as false prophets. And so they're revealing something. Well, guess what? We have individuals who have the ability to reveal, and what he says in the last part is, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Well, that means some are going to prophesy more than others. More information given. Or in our modern vernacular, we'll teach in proportion to our faith. There are those that can reveal God's word in maybe in eloquence because they've done it for so many years and they've gone through so many situations that they are well equipped and prepared to go out and teach under all kinds of circumstances. Well, let's do it then to our faith. He then says in, in, in verse 7, or ministry, that is in service or servantry. Use it in your ministry. Use it according to the proportion of your faith. You know, there are some that serve more and actually serve, quote unquote, from our fleshly standpoint, better than others. I mean, do we not have those who are just serving over and over and over? And some can serve from time to time because their lifestyles and responsibilities are going to be different. Not everyone can do what another person does. Nor can they do it with the same intensity or with the same passion. That's what we have here in Scripture. And then he goes on to say, with regard to those who teach and teaching, and then those who exhort. Some are great encouragers. Encourage in proportion to your faith. Exhort in proportion to your faith. There are some who give. I mean, they just have that passion to be able to give, always giving of themselves. You see, we can go on with this list, and this list was not exhaustive. But the thing is, when we're all using the gifts that God has given to us, brethren, imagine what it's like. It's like when all Israel comes together, and they're bringing their things for the building of the tabernacle. Some could give little, some could give much. Some could use their hands, because they're skilled artisans, skilled workmen. Others could simply be praying for the work that was going on. Whatever the thing is, we've got diverse gifts. And in the name of evangelism, the same is true. We've got all kinds of diverse gifts that can be useful for the work of evangelizing here in Franklin, Tennessee. So, what are some of these things? Well, I want us to realize, first of all, that, and got to make this point, we all don't have the gift. There's some brethren, they have the gift... <laughs> And I'm using a very fleshly term. They can just talk. They can just come out here and just talk. Well, talking is one thing, right? I mean, anyone can talk. 
Well, not, not true. Not everyone can talk. Some people just don't have a good time talking. They can just fumble all over their words in two seconds and be done. And some can speak eloquently forever and ever. Everyone has different gifts. When it comes to evangelism, that in and of itself is a gift. Not everyone has been called to go forth and open their mouths with the gospel message. They just don't have the gift. They don't have the gift because some aren't effective communicators. Why is it, brethren, and I speak via the flesh, why is it that you have some men preaching in the pulpit and others not? Why? Because as elders in the congregation, as brethren in the congregation, you have certain men, you say, I would want to listen to what he has to say in the teaching of God's word. That's why we have, quote unquote, hired someone to come work with us in teaching in the pulpit from that session point. That's what ha- that's the reality. That's speaking by, by way of the flesh. Some are effective at communicating. Others are not. We know that to be true. Some just have a hard time reasoning through scriptures. I have a sister in Christ that I remember saying, Mitch, I have been in the Lord for, at this time it was like 40 years. I was in my 20s at this time. And he said, how is it that you just became a Christian three years ago and you're teaching publicly and I've been a Christian for over 40 years and I still have a hard time understanding what I'm reading? I don't know how else to answer that. You know the easy answer is? I spend more time studying than you. Well, that's not true. She's been in the Lord for 40 years and she's been reading the Scriptures. We all have different talents, different abilities. God made it that way. Some of us exercise the talents we're given. That's a whole other ballgame. That's a whole other issue. Others are really trying to apply themselves. It's just not there. So some just have difficulty reasoning through the Scriptures, the hope that lies within us. Now, we can go to Scriptures like Hebrews 5 that says, by now you ought to become teachers. There's something to be said for understanding God's Word. But that's something from a personal level. Not all can do it publicly and effectively. That's just, that's just the reality. And so don't feel bad if you're not one of these individuals who ha- does not have, quote-unquote, the gift for evangelism. You see, these things can be learned if you have some talent. God may not have given you the talent. When you go to Matthew 25, remember there was those that had five talents, some with two and some with one? What's well, not in the Scripture, he's talking about the use of talents. But what happens when you have no talent for it? See, that's not in the Scripture there. That wasn't part of the equation. But the reality is, well, let me just use this. Can we all open our mouths and, ho- and not even hold a tune, open our mouths where some sound comes out? Can we all sing? We all can't sing from, from holding a tune at the right pitch. This is reality. Some of us are tone deaf. Some of us are color blind. Some of us, we can't evangelize from, a, from this standpoint that we're talking about here. But everyone can open their mouths and share the gospel. That's true. That's not the point we're talking about right here. In other words, if you do have any amount of talent, use it. And you might have fears to overcome, obstacles to overcome. But with what God has given to you, use it. If God has given you the talent. And that's what Matthew 25 or 16 was talking about. The one with five talents and two talents, they used what they had. 
The one that did have talent, even if it was little, didn't use it. So not everyone has the gift. But if you do have the gift, use it, brethren. It may be that you just don't have that passion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, when Paul was talking about his right as an evangelist to be supported by, by way of the gospel, he says, I am under compulsion to preach the gospel. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. So there are some of us in this room. That, that's us. Whether you're supported financially as an evangelist or not, you may feel this way. And there are those all over the world, they don't get, they don't get supported one penny. But they're under compulsion to preach the gospel because in the kingdom of our God is this diversity. And among them are those with this very passion to go regardless of the cost. So, many don't have that gift. What if you're one of those that you don't have the gift, or maybe you have a, maybe just one talent, if you will, and, and you're just not confident in going forth? What can you do? So that's what the remainder of this lesson is dealing with, the things that you can do. Look at the diverse ways that you can help, just as we're reading from this text in Romans chapter 12. And specifically with regard to this niche called evangelism, what are ways that, that you can help? Brethren, I want us to stop and think about these things, and I want us to actually apply them, just as was prayed for this morning. Apply these very things. Well, number one, it is our calling, and it should be our desire to be a living sacrifice. That's a responsibility we all have. Because as Jesus was a sacrifice for our sins, so are we, in His footsteps, living sacrifices to His glory. So that's why we are told, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Being a daily living sacrifice. So that's the first thing. And the other is that whatever gift that we have, then use it. So what are these things? Well, with regard to evangelism, first of all, you have those that while they're not able to, to preach, you know what they can do and have the ability for and even desire? It's hospitality. We have brethren in this congregation that are able to open up their homes so readily and do it so well. They do it on a drop of a hat. They're just there, always ready. And they want to do it. Can you imagine that, well, I'm not, I don't have the means by which I can go ahead and, and teach God's Word and preach the Gospel, but I'm willing to have it here. You know, I live on the north side of Franklin. We live in Brentwood, let's say. And, and, and you have someone that you want to teach the gospel to and they live in that area. We can have it in our home. We're willing to have these studies with anyone that lives close to our area in our home. Have these Bible studies here. I'd love to. Rather than having them come all the way down to Spring Hill. Brethren, do you see how this is helpful? It is from this standpoint that this person helps to engage in the work of evangelism, even if they're not evangelizing specifically. It could be, brethren, that we have those among us that are saying, you know what? I wish I could have people in my home. I, I'm just not that kind of person. I don't have my home always ready. And, and for whatever the reason is, you're not the most hospitable person. It's not the talent that God has given to you. But you know what you might be able to do? 
you might be able to, with fervency, pray for the evangelistic efforts going on. So maybe it's on a Friday night, and I'm looking at Mark and Renee now. So Mark and Renee say, you know what? I don't feel comfortable teaching my neighbors next to us, but I sure would love to have them in my home. Mitch, would you come over? Or Jerry, would you come over? Or one of our elders, would you come over? Or one of the brethren in this congregation that lives up there, come over and teach my neighbors the news of Jesus Christ? We'd have them in our homes in a heartbeat. And Kenny is saying, you know what? I can't be there to study. And even if I could, I'm just not comfortable in group settings. But you know what I can do? While the Bible study is going on and before the Bible study is going on and just after the Bible study is going and has completed, I'll be praying for this effort. And there might be 15 of you in the congregation here that says, that's what I can do. And so all this week we're praying for Mark and Renee's neighbors and for Mark and Renee hosting the study and for Jerry and teaching that, that Bible study and, and teaching the good news of Jesus Christ. You see how this next person comes in or these next individuals within the body here on Friday night. Rather than having the, the Braves game on, is praying for the evangelistic efforts that evening. It's a wonderful thing. It's not about being selfish and doing whatever I want to do. Now someone else is doing that. I'm just going to do my own thing. You can be praying fervently. Do you know that, that you might be the kind of person that when you hear of the Bible studies or hear of the evangelistic efforts, that you're the first one at the door when someone's coming in. Mark, Renee, it is so encouraging that you open up your homes to have Bible studies in your homes. That's what you might be. You might be the cheerleader. You might be the one to encourage Jerry going forward and, and, and evangelizing day to day. Praying for his heart that it keeps ticking. <laughs> So he can evangelize the good news. And praying for brethren willing to open up their homes. And other brethren willing to be praying for the efforts. And you know, I appreciate that you had a group here in the congregation that came to the church building on Friday night praying for the Bible study that was at the Coleman's. Man, that was so encouraging. And you might be that cheerleader. It may be, brethren, that you would be the ones to help in other ways. A number of other ways. It could be that, you know what? Mark and Renee would love to have the study in their home. But they got their children. And they want to have a as quiet, as focused a Bible study. Because of the urgency and the weight of the message. They're saying, we'd like to, but. And someone says, we'll take care of the, the obstacle. And that is, we'll be happy to watch your children. While this is going on. And you might open your home for a Bible study and someone else may be watching your children. You know what? I think it's a great blessing for our young, particularly, you know, typically with young teenage girls who are Christians. I, I got three of them. I'm sure they'd be happy to be servants for the Lord's kingdom and the spreading of the gospel. I volunteer my daughters. <laughs> You know what? That's the participation of the gospel right there. And as Christians, they can open up their lives in that way so the gospel can be proclaimed in this area. It may be that we have someone like David Barler 
or whoever else does graphic design and what have you that can put out nice brochures. I mean, not like stick figures that I can draw. I mean, real stuff. Professional looking, really aesthetic to the eye. Make it so that the message really comes through. I mean, there's a host of ways, brethren. Some of things that I've not even yet spoken of that may be running through your mind. You know what? I can do this. Brethren, stop and think about how exciting evangelizing this community can be when every one of us puts our hand to the plow with what talents God has given to us and we use them for His glory. Not just use them for our secular, individual uses like for work or for recreation, but for His glory. Now imagine that. That's what we can be doing. So if you have this desire, and I hope every one of us has the desire for God's Word to be spread here, I think that's what we all have. I would be shocked if you said, ah, evangelism is overrated. <laughs> I would, my mouth would drop before you. I, I would look bumfoozled. But wait. <laughs> but we're supposed to go into all the world, and you're saying, nah, don't need that. Because there are brethren that I've heard that said that, and it shocks me every time. We've got our doors open. They can come in whenever they want. No, we're supposed to go forward with it. Reach out to those lost and dying in this world. Let's do that. And there's a host of ways that we can. If you're not able but blessed with the means to help, not able to evangelize but blessed with the means for evangelism to take place, brethren, use what God has given to you. Please do it. Now, was it twice a year, Matt and some of the men will come around and you have these things? Men, we might have spread that category out. we got fervent prayers going on. Those who can pray, those who are encouragers, those who are going to be babysitters, those who are going to do whatever it is so that evangelism in this community takes place. That's what we need to be doing. And doing it with loving hearts, with hearts that want to serve our King. They want to give glory for the purpose of our kingdom being spread. That's what we have. So I want to ask you, is that what you have in your life? Is that your desire? Because there's all kinds of things that we can be doing. Is that what you're going to do? I hope so.